I know you were frustrated at how the officiating went, uh, officiating went down the stretch there, but you guys pulled it out and was a big win. Davis Turner wonder why the league is losing money, that's why. People pay good money to come watch these athletes play and they try to take over the fucking game. Shaq, we're on live. I know. Boy King known uncensored. We got new music Fridays. I didn't think it was gonna be a new music Fridays, man. I ain't know. Shit, the homies had to tell me that niggas dropped. And then I had to go back home, take a long ass break from work, get all this music, and then get back to fucking work and do my thing like that, man. But we gonna talk game six though. I mean, I saw it coming, but not like that. NBA, I see you, you bitch-ass niggas. You got your money. You forced that game seven. You called the refs. You called Tim Donahue to hire a couple of his homeboys. We get it. Y'all clearly forced this game seven. Y'all clearly did this for the money. Only a blind man can see this. Blind man can see this motherfucker was rigged like shit. A lot of these bad calls was wild. But in Faker's news, hey, Fakers, you got a coach now. Woohoo! You got Darvin Ham. I mean, I'm happy for Darvin Ham, but then again, I feel sorry for Darvin Ham. I feel bad because if the Lakers don't make the playoffs again, then he going to be fired the first year. You know, they, they quick to make the nigga a scapegoat. If you're unfamiliar with who Darvin Ham is, he's an assistant coach for the Milwaukee Bucks. He played for the Detroit Pistons on the 04 uh, championship team. Known as Duncan Darvin and shit. 
Known for his great dunking ability. Obviously. How do I feel about it? I feel bad for him. I really do. I legit feel bad for Darvin Ham, y'all. Because you got to deal with all those fucking egos. I don't even know what he's going to run. I don't even know how, you know, because I got to see it for myself. I don't know what philosophy. I know he's a defensive coach. I know that for a fact. The Lakers GMs would have to uh, put players around him that can run what he runs. We got new music. Boldy James is back with producer Real Batman as they dropped a project called Killing Nothing. If you're unfamiliar with who Boldy James is, Boldy James is a rapper based out of Detroit, Michigan, who is affiliated with Griselda. You know? And I gotta tell you something, man. This album is incredible. This is Boldy James' best project. I'm willing to put the flag down and say that this is Boldy James' best album. Want to know why? I'll tell you why. The bars, every fucking bar hit on this project. Every single one. And obviously, you know, him being from Detroit, he said a lot of shit that I understood. And I like that. I like Bodie James' style because he don't rap like everybody else from here. He doesn't have a hell of a beat. He doesn't have an energy beat. <laughs> no disrespect to them. I'm just saying, like, we need the hell of us in the energies in those guys over there. We need our T-Grizzlies. We need our Cash Dolls. We need our Boldies. We need our Royces, our M&Ms, our Big Shans. Diversity, that's what keeps the city running. We don't need the same beat. We don't need everybody rapping like Sada and Louis Ray. Let them keep their style. But anyway, let's break down Killing Nothing. Water Under the Bridge. Bodie James just start off, started off with an array of punchlines. Just punch after punch after punch. All the way out. Fire. Fire beat. Game time. The the uh the uh sports references was crazy on there. 190 bands. Another favorite of mine. Medellin featuring Crime Apple. I didn't care for Crime Apple's verse, but Medellin, fire. Cash transactions featuring knowledge the pirate. Both Boldy and Knowledge just destroyed this fucking song. Open Door featuring Rome Streets and Stoke My and my favorite, most underrated rapper in the world, Stove God Cooks. Open Door was fire. It, it could have been a little bit better. I'm not gonna front. I've heard better Stove God verses, but it's not a bad verse. I'm just saying, like, just me personally. But I like that trio on the same track. Ain't No Bon Jovi, another strong track. Bojack Miller Light, it was kind of light. I ain't gonna lie, it's probably one of the weaker tracks on here. Six Sour, 
Hot Fire by Mississippi Solid. See Envisions. This is my favorite song on the project. It's cool, it's laid back, it's got that 2000s 50 Cent vibe. Like when 50 Cent raps over those beats with the sample in it, that's the vibe that I get. And Drive By Six People and Five I Hit. Killing Nothing, the title track, pretty decent closer. All in all, this is one of the better projects released in 2022. It just is. From a lyrical standpoint, the beats were pretty decent. I enjoyed it. It was a great listen. And Kamaya, if you're unfamiliar with who Kamaya is, she is a Bay Area rapper who I feel is probably arguably the most underrated female rapper in rap because she could spit and, you know, she carries great melodies. You know, her voice is an instrument. She dropped a project called Divine Timing. Um, the opening track was crazy. With Sada Baby, Oakland stepping in Detroit. Crazy. Man. Oakland stepping to Detroit was hot. Was crazy. Brand new Rolex, very catchy record. Fuck with it, featuring the boy from SOBRBE. That's a match made in heaven to me. Him and Kamaya definitely work well together. I like that. Blue Maserati. Honestly, that could be a low key hit record. Play too much featuring Cash Kid. Bruh. Kamaya destroyed that song. She murdered that shit. Her verse on there was crazy. Definitely my favorite Kamaya verse like ever. Um, Divine T- Brenda talks from heaven was an ish- was a uh, interlude. Divine timing, great closer. I pretty much like this entire EP. It doesn't miss. It's got a great collection of of songs here. Um, Let's move on to the Lobby Boys. Now, the Lobby Boys dropped their new project, self-titled project called the Lobby Boys. And if you're unfamiliar with who the Lobby Boys are, it's rappers Jim Jones and Mano. Y'all, everybody knows who Jim Jones is, and everybody knows who Mano is. We don't have to really give an introduction about those two guys. And when I heard they were teaming up, I was like, oh, they dropped the album? Oh, I'm gotta, I'm putting this in. You know, and this album... Now, this is how East Coast rap is supposed to sound. Not UK Drill, even though there's a UK Drill song on here. UK Drill should not be the sound of New York right now. I saw that Pete Rock deleted a tweet criticizing drill rap and that's and saying that that's not rap music. And I agree with him. Keep the tweet up, OG. Talk to these niggas. I understand that that's the wave and shit. Fine by me. It's a sound. But that don't mean that everybody like that bullshit. Now, there are some songs that they made. There's a few songs that I like. Made about a handful, but... Only an EP's worth. 
But let's get back to the lobby, boys. Project Baby. Great way to start the project. Very New York. 2000s New York sounding. Definitely a dipset type of sound. Lobby Boys Anthem. Dope. I fuck with that. No Love. Pretty solid. Praying. Featuring Benny the Butcher. Oof. Those three tore that track up. Climb back. Um, yeah, I think that's the one that samples uh cough up alone where I'm from, Marcy son. It ain't ain't nothing nice, you know what I'm saying? They got, they uh sample Jay-Z where I'm from. I believe that's what climb back is. I could be wrong though. Um off the leash featuring holy. I believe that's the one that sampled um throw your hands up, do it again. Definitely one of my favorites off here. Slide featuring Fivio Foreign. Now, I mean, I'm not a fan of UK drill rap, but that song is a banger. That's a hit record. That's a top 40 smash. Put the single out. That is a banger, yo. Straight hot fire from Jim Jones, Mano, and, F- and Fabio Foreign. All right. My, and let's go to my favorite song, which I played in the beginning of the show, Babysitter. Babysitter is definitely, obviously, my favorite. Features Young Blue. Young Blue bodied that shit. Straight bodies. No Bobby V featuring Fabulous. Woo! Them three niggas bodied that. Straight fucking bodies. King of the City featuring Capella Gray. I love that record. One Day featuring Young M.A. Crazy. Die Young featuring Styles P. Crazy. BK in Harlem. Crazy. Never Take Me Alive is pretty solid. I expected a little bit more from Jim and Mano, but Dave East came on there and did what, what Dave East does, which is kill shit. Life of a Lobby Boy featuring Trav. Great song. All in all, the Lobby Boys, definitely one of the better projects of the year. This is a very big surprise here. I think this is actually a classic project, in my opinion. I think this is a classic. I'm not going to hold you up. Great production. A1 production. This is definitely one of the six best produced albums of the year. Hands down, I'm willing to bet my whole checking account on that right now. All right, let's move on here. Let's see what else is left. Did I get everybody? Oh, Millie's. Millie's dropped Blanco 5 today. And I hate to be like... I don't want to sound like a hater when I say this, but I'm I'm coming to the conclusion that Millie's is not really original. He's a good rapper, but I don't know the identity of Millie's. What is he? Because he raps over beats that are trendy. He can rap, but I don't know Millie's. I'm confused. And we're going to go down the track list and I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Love Hate featuring Glow D. Pretty good song. Not mad at it at all. Ashes in the Maybach featuring Mozzie. 
I like that record. Pretty solid. Rearview Mirror featuring Jadakiss. Jadakiss, Jadakiss, Jadakiss. That's all I'm going to say. Like, there's nothing more to say. Like, when does Jadakiss not kill a song? It's been 25 years in a row of this shit. Could be longer. Probably 27 years of this shit. Blood in the Sky featuring Dave East and Annalise Azadian. Blood in the Sky is dope. See, Millie started off right. Then, well, I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm gonna keep going, right? I'm gonna tell you when the project it gets uh, a little bit unoriginal. So, excited featuring Cousin Stiz. That's a banger. That's that's that has hit hit potential. It's not really lyrical, but it's very, it sounds like it could be a single. It sounds top 100, ready to go. Ruthless, here's where the project spins out of control. Ruthless is when he drops a one minute freestyle to a fucking drill beat. I didn't care for this song at all. It's just trend following, trend hopping to me. Now, it's one thing for Cardi B to hop on a drill record, but Millie's a person. I mean, at least Cardi B has an identity. Millie's does not. So, therefore, I would criticize Millie's for hopping on a drill track over Cardi B. Opt Out featuring Fivio Foreign. Uh, you already know what you already know what it is. A drill song. Now, Spiral, it's a good song. It's good. I'm not going to say it's not good enough because that would be unfair to criticize that song. But it sounds like he's trying to hop on the Rod Wave Mo3 Moray um, train here. But he's white, so it sounds like a pop record over, uh, you know, a fucking... Um, Rod Wave sound. Closure, same thing. Conversation, same thing. Sometimes, same thing. So this nigga for four tracks straight does the Rod Wave Mo3 Moray. But, you know, he's a white guy, so it sounds like a pop record. Like, Closure could be a pop record. That could chart. I may be criticizing, but I'm also being honest. But it's four straight tracks of this. Conversation featuring Dita Fly is... I like the hook. That's about it. But here's where it gets better. Sacred featuring Styles P. That's probably my favorite song on this Blanco 5 project. Um, Warzone featuring King, OSF, and G Nipsey. And, and Nipsey, I guess it's G Nipsey and G Nipsey. Whatever the fuck this kid's name is. I don't know how to pronounce, pronounce it. Warzone is solid. Glory featuring Peasy was pretty solid. I'm not mad at that track. Peasy didn't stink it up. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to really shit on him. I like the song. I'm not mad at the song at all. Breakout featuring OT The Real, Nipsey, not Nipsey Hustle, but G-N-I-P-S-E-I. I'm going to just say G-Nipsey because it's only one fucking Nipsey. Jigs, TB, Spook, Sleazy, and Shally. Man, 
nigga, my nigga Millie's was calling her homeboys from the block to hop on. But Breakout is a dope ass song. These niggas is spitting on here. I'm not gonna hold you. I don't know who the fuck went went and who the fuck was rapping outside of Millie's who went last, but it was pretty good. It surprised me. Wake Me Up featuring Annalise Azadian. Same thing. Another sad pop record. I'm not afraid. Head ass record. Loaded featuring Dotted the Dealer. Again, like this dude rolled the Rod Wave. Mo3. Fucking that's seven. That's seven songs. You know, he can't. You know, since he's a white guy, it sounds pop. You know, that dude can't do the hood up in the middle. You know, he can't do that shit. It's gonna sound popish. And like, yeah, it sounds like Catholic Church. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like fucking Catholic Church. <laughs> but all in all, Blanco 5 is a decent project. I'm not gonna tell you not to check the record out. There is very good songs on here. It's just that some of the song, it was just too much. I mean, Blanco 5, you know, if it's is it supposed to have a sad theme to it? Because I don't know. You're calling a, a project Blanco 5, but it doesn't indicate whether it's going to be a, a, a sad project or not. At least Rod Wave and... Moray, you know what I'm saying? The themes of their project is sadness, darkness, and uprising. You know what I'm saying? Millie's, I don't know who the hell you are. I don't know what you're trying to uh, emulate, though. You are talented. You are lyrical. You are nice. But I don't know who you are. And some of these guests outshined you. Like Mozzie outshined you. Jadakiss outshined you. Cousin Stiz outshined you. Dave East outshined you. Styles P outshined you. Peasy kept up with you. On Breakout, all your homeboys kept up with you or outshined you. So, and also, it was a lot of features. That's another reason why I don't know who you are. You have great features. On the project, I get that. You're supposed to have features and shit, but still, you got to make your guest, you know what I'm saying, march to the beat of your drum. You're marching to the uh, uh, to the guest beats. You're marching to, you know, today's current beats instead of, like, picking your own style and sound. You're using a lot of other people's sounds, and... You know, that's not really original. Again, I enjoyed Blanco 5, but I got to get my, I got to, I got to talk my shit though. I got to be honest. Who is Millie's? That's what I want to know. But anyway, man, last, but certainly not least. Game six. We got a game six still going on. We got the Eastern Conference Finals. As Jimmy Butler, who has been MIA the last three games, mind you, he did sit one of those out. The last two, he has been pedestrian. He's been uninspired and unable to attack. But tonight, Jimmy Butler had to damn near die for this for this shit. With a major 
helping hand from the NBA and the refs. Yes, I said it. I said it. The referees were calling horrible phantom calls against Boston. They cheated Boston out of that game. However, I blame 50% of the refs and 50% on Jalen Brown. And the refs made the wrong call on that play. That was three shots. That was a three-point shot that Jalen Brown attempted. And they called him for two shots, which he bricked in the fourth quarter. Jalen Brown choked tonight. He sold tonight. He was playing well up until that point. Like, you you can't sell like that. Now you're going to be in the fight of your life in a game seven. And if you lose, you're going to look at it as your fault. But Jimmy Butler, he um, he redeems himself for me. I'm still not going to say he's a top 10 player, but definitely top 10 through 15. But Butler just got to be consistent. He's been consistent up until this series. I mean, he was 16 of 29, 4 of 8 from 3. Jimmy Butler hit four three-pointers tonight. Jimmy had 47 points, 4 steals, 8 assists, 9 rebounds. We got to see this every night from Jimmy. Especially if you're trying to win a championship. Especially if you're trying to go to your second finals in the last three years. He got some help tonight. I mean, he didn't get much help from Bam as he scored six points, nine rebounds. You see, when Al Warford and Robert Williams is checking him, he can't do anything. He's very pedestrian. Bam, what happened to your 15-foot jumper you used to knock down? In 2020, you was knocking down that shot with confidence. What happened? I expect in Game 7, Bam to turn up. Because Miami needs you. Jimmy Butler had, you know, he had fucked him. His, he fucked his knee up in this game. He damn near died for the fucking Heat to win this game. With a lot of help from their buddies, the referees. NBA, you got your fucking money. You fucking happy? You bitch ass niggas. Kyle Lowry actually uh, showed up tonight. Fat boy had 18 points and 10 assists. Doing his job. This is what Kyle Lowry should be doing every game. Max Struess hit some big shots tonight. Max Struess kept these niggas alive throughout the game. P.J. Tucker hit some big shots for them. There was a lot of fouling going on on both sides. I'm surprised Dwayne Detman didn't play or Markeith Morris. That's wild. I don't know why Morris hasn't played. But Boston, despite getting contributions from everybody, like Tatum had had damn near the perfect game and Jalen Brown spoiled that game by choking. 9 of 12 from the field. Tatum had never shot the ball better. This is exactly what I'm talking about. He had the Mamba mentality going. He didn't sell. He shot 4-7 from 3. He had 30 points, 9 rebounds. Al Horford sold in this game. 1 of 8. 
One of six from three. Al Horford should not be attempting six three-pointers. Robert Williams III, he had made some big plays for them. I think MAU Doka might have kept him on the bench a little bit too long, in my personal opinion. Marcus Smart, let me, let me, let me holler at you for a minute. Nigga, stop shooting! Stop shooting the fucking ball! Just stop! I was looking at the fucking game with my cousin, looking in disgust at Marcus Smart. Just because you're an improved three-point shooter doesn't mean you shoot the motherfucker. He shot one of nine from three. Stop shooting the motherfucking ball, nigga. And I ain't gonna hold you. Jimmy Butler bust Marcus Smart ass tonight. He exposed that defensive player of the year shit. I mean... Honestly, nobody plays defense in the modern era, so it's like picking straws. Smart did play good defense, but he met his match tonight in Jimmy Butler. Butler was taking him to the post. He was hitting shots over him. He was finishing at the rim over him. I mean, Marcus Smart is 6'3", 6'4", and Jimmy Butler is 6'7", 6'8". Like, um, Udoka. How could Udoka, I mean, this is why he's a rookie coach. You know, he made a rookie mistake tonight. When Jimmy Butler had like 20 points maybe in the first half, didn't you ever think to, you know, um, double team him? I mean, I'd rather let Max Struss and fucking Gabe Benson and Kyle Lowry and Victor Oladipo hurt me more and P.J. Tucker hurt me more than Jimmy. If Jimmy is hot, why are you trusting Marcus Smart one-on-one with this guy, knowing he's been getting his ass whooped by him? And Marcus Smart, stop shooting threes. Just stop. If you get an open shot, okay, maybe a nine threes, too many. Four or five, I'm not mad at you. But nine. He had 14 points. Derek White. This is the Derek White game. Jalen Brown's choke spoiled the best game of Derek White's career, dude. 22 points. 7 of 14 from the field. 4 of 7 from 3. 5 assists. Derek White had the best game of his career. And they didn't win because Jimmy Butler wanted it more. That's all that it came down to. The Heat wanted this game more. And now you're forcing a game 7. And now here's my keys for what each team should do in game seven. I mean, it's do or die. I think this is going to be an incredible game. And I think everybody is going to step up. There's no way that game seven is a blowout. No fucking way. I swear to God, if it is a blowout, if it is a fucking blowout, I'd be shocked. It's it's obviously a must win. It's a game seven. The NBA wanted this, obviously, because I clearly saw this game being rigged for Boston to lose. It was just too many bad calls by the referees. Everything was a foul. Everything was a foul. It was just some bad calls, just straight up.
But anyway. Yeah. That's my show for tonight. It's King Nona Uncensored, New Music Fridays, Game 6 action, and I'm done.